We had a little less conversation podcast. We'd like to let our listeners know about an excellent car buying opportunity exclusive to our show. Go see our friend Craig Peterson at Summit Automotive in Fond du Lac for all your car buying needs. And wait, it gets better. Mention that you listen to a little less conversation when you buy your car from Craig, and he will throw in a $50 gas card. That's right, people. Just for listening to our show, you'll get a $50 gas card from our friend Craig when you buy a car from him. Listen, you're going to buy a car anyways, so why not go see Craig Peterson at Summit Automotive and just say, hey, I listened to the guys on a little less conversation podcast too, and he's going to just give you 50 bucks in gas. So head on down to Summit and ask for Craig Peterson next time you're going to buy a car. So I think I think we should just start out by maybe just talking about like what we're doing right now because we're recording. <laughs> Sweet, we're recording right now. We're yeah. recording oh. right now. <laughs> Little less conversation, Aaron, Dom, and Keith. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on, guys? Anything exciting? It's fantasy football season. It is fantasy football season. We just had a few drafts. Draft a palooza, baby. Yeah, draft a palooza. You guys happy with your teams? Absolutely not. I actually am. Actually, one, of my, uh, one of my teams I'm happy with. Yeah. Which one? My league or the other one? Not your league. See, I'm happy with my league, actually. Your league, I think I have a very solid team. It's not one that's going to win me a championship. There's no I way. Don't I don't know. Unless, unless somebody goes crazy that I don't think is going to. I thought I did it right. I think my draft sucked. Yeah? Yeah. Not really happy with it, but. I want to point out that if you look at the report card on that on that draft, mm-hmm. Garcia's. Yep. Best team. Yeah, an A minus. Was I so, number I, eleven? I don't remember. I can look it up when we're done. Though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Although on on uh, which one did you send the report card out? That was that. That was that. That one. Yeah, it must have been because mine. I don't think I sent mine out. I was picked to. I don't know. Finish poorly, so I'm happy about that because every time I pick to finish <laughs> good, I finish at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I got one more to do. We got our family league. And Martinez runs. I got two more. I got one more as well. Hopefully, I'll make sure that one more will be the same day. Yes. We'll have to bring that up. We're going to so. add one more. That was a dog. <laughs> yeah, what that one? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Well, it came from back over here. <laughs> <laughs> he could throw his voice, too. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to talk a little bit today about the 9 11 conspiracies. I know there's a lot of conspiracists out there and there's a lot of actual conspiracies with the 9-11 attacks so this this episode of our podcast could be a little bit different because i don't think we'll try to make oh hey i don't think we'll try to be quite as funny as we usually do uh this one might be a little bit more somber um but yeah we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot anyways i mean we'll try to keep it a little light i mean yeah you don't want to get too all gloom and doom about it. I mean, it's it's a very heavy subject, but we also don't want to, you know, kind of poorly represent what happened that day. Right. We're coming up on the anniversary. Yeah. Pretty soon. Matter of fact, this this should go out yeah, on the anniversary. 
They have. So first thing I'm gonna ask you guys, because I'm, I'm assuming you guys did research like I did. Uh, what did you guys? How did you get attacked this? Because I did a lot of watching of documentaries. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I watched a documentary and I watched some short documentaries on YouTube, and then I just did some actual just researching online. That's kind of what I w- did too. I, I, w- I d- went the YouTube route and watched several, you know, probably half hour to forty five minute documentaries, some even a little bit shorter. And then when I saw some issues that I wanted to bring up, I did. I tried doing some further research to either prove or disprove what they were talking about. I'm just going to say that you guys need to start using Amazon Prime TV because they have millions of documentaries on Amazon Prime TV. Yeah. Yes. And for 9-11, tons of them. Like, I probably watched, I think I watched three or four. One of them I wouldn't call a documentary. I watched Loose Change, and Loose Change is just a... Oh, uh, was yeah. that the one with the couple young guys that... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just kind of a bogus... I think I saw that one. It's yeah. just kind of a bogus documentary. And I think that guy actually changed his views now, right? I've actually... Ironically, I've seen the show... I've seen Loose Change twice. I watched it probably six, seven years ago, and then I watched it when I was researching this, and the documentaries are totally different. Like, they just edit, completely edited out parts from the first one that are no longer in the second one. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he took he took out, I think, stuff that got debunked so quickly and so powerfully that he just took it completely out of the, yeah. Out of the film. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, the problem with documentaries in general there's some of these things that are called documentaries that should not be called documentaries because all they're doing is these guys throwing up what they think happened and they have nothing to base this on. And then, and like you said, the stuff gets debunked real quick. Yeah. And then they look like idiots. Well, yeah. one of the, one of the things they took out of Loose Change version two was World Trade Center Building Seven. You guys know about Building Seven? Yes. It it, it collapsed as well. And in the first time, the first time I watched it, they're like, well, how could it collapse? It's like, I don't know, I think they say it's like four or five blocks from the Twin Towers. And basically, I, I also saw it, and I, I couldn't find it for the research part. So I don't have any, I don't have a lot on it because I couldn't really quote anything. But History Channel did a, I don't even know what it was called, but it was basically they took every point in the, in the Loose Change movie and they just obliterated it. And. When they talked about Building 7, they basically said that, listen, when a plane hits a building going at full speed, parts fly for miles. Like, And it just takes a, one piece that's on fire to hit another building. Was and, Building 7 really that far away? Yeah, it's I guess like I didn't a, realize it was that far away. It was a ways away. But, yeah. you know, the thing is, not only that, parts fly, but what do you think happened when the, when the Twin Towers fell down? I mean... They but, just didn't fall into a nice little pile. Right. You know what I mean? So it's got to go somewhere. It, but Building 7 collapsed before Building 1 or 2. No. No, Building 7 collapsed seven it was hours, like hours later. later. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're seven right. hours later. Yeah. Well, depending on who you believe. Because since we're talking about Building 7 anyhow, this is probably one of the more interesting things that I dug up. Now, I have not been able to um, disprove this. And I thought it was going to be real easy to disprove it. I'm, say, I'm not saying that, that it's the absolute truth, but I just was not able to disprove it in the in in time I was I took to, to try and research this. Um, there was a news report, a local news report, that Tower 7 had collapsed 
and they went out to um, to their correspondent who was out, you know, not right at the scene, but near the scene. And they were talking about how it had collapsed and why it had collapsed and all this stuff. Tower 7 was standing in the background yet. It didn't collapse till 20 minutes later. But wouldn't that support the conspiracy yeah. theories? It, maybe. Maybe. Like I said, it's interesting there, but if you remember, go back and remember that day. Like, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Absolutely. That day was so chaotic, so crazy. Would it be out of the question that somebody heard that that Tower 7 was, go- was going to collapse, that it was weakening, and jumped the gun and said that it sure. had collapsed? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, to me, it, that's completely in the realm of possibility that that could happen. Did they say there day. was some damage to um, Tower 7, too? There yeah, was some yeah. damage to... I, I know they were talking about it. I, I, like, I can't remember exactly when during that, that the course of events, but I, I remember hearing that, yes, that there was some damage. There was a fire. And that, Yep, there was a fire. Um, yeah. Well, you guys know the story behind that, though, right? Like, why it collapsed? The decision that was made? Because here's what I, have I think to, I know what you're talking about. But. With the landlord, the owner of the, the building, the owner, yep. yeah, yeah, where he, the fire department called and said, "Hey, listen, your building's gonna fall. We got to pull it or whatever." They yeah, and, the and he's they use. he's like in the he was basically asked by NYFD if we should continue to fight this fire, and he's like, "No, you guys have already been through enough. You guys have already lost enough. Let it let it go." So he basically made the decision to not even try to save the building. And then, I mean. If you're going to conspiracy road, there's supposedly a reason for that. Well, it housed some pretty powerful offices. <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, reportedly he took out a huge insurance policy oh, yeah. on the exact buildings that fell over just two months before the attacks. And the policy actually covered terrorist attacks. Yeah, wasn't it like a $5 billion policy? Yes, $5 billion. Yeah. I'd Which like, now I'd doesn't sound like that much, but... That's that's a while ago now. That's five a, billion was a was a was a, a chunk of money. Yeah. Amount of money. If we had five billion dollars in this podcast, it probably sound a lot better. <laughs> probably know to turn the right mics on too. That's right. that's true. That's true. But it housed like was it Giuliani's office, right? Like his political office, his campaign office. It housed. I thought it was a big banking building. Weren't there? It, that was some of it, and but that, I mean that. It housed Tower Seven was small compared to the Twin Towers, but it was the next biggest building. Yeah, and it housed like, was it the Homeland Security? No, it couldn't be Homeland Security. There was another no. government government office in there. One of the FBI offices, I think, was in there. Or CIA, CIA offices. I really wish I had wrote this down because <laughs> I know, I know, right. I know Giuliani's office was in there for sure. Yep. And I want to say there was either an FBI or a CIA office that was in there. Mm. And I want to say one of like the, like an office for the DOD or something like that was in there as well. So it's it was basically whoever was doing what Homeland Security does now yeah. because we didn't have a Homeland Security yeah. then. They were there. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, and I just found it here. Tower Seven was forty-seven stories. Yeah, so, so it was a big building. Yeah, it's not your average. Just looks small in New York City, <laughs> right? Well, next to the Twin Towers. It, Look really small. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was the like the dust plumes that came out, and people mm-hmm. were saying that it looks like a controlled demolition. They had the, the smoke or that the yeah, I know what you're talking the about. dust plumes billowing out. Um, 
And a lot of people tend to think that just by floors collapsing that that's not going to happen. And to me, it sounds kind of like it's obvious. If you got floors that are just collapsing, that shit's got to go somewhere. You think it's just going to go outward, yeah, it's go- right? It should go out. Yeah. yeah. So I don't get... I, well, but but part of that is also the way that they collapse like that, where they just where they just collapse one on top on top of each other. That's why some people think that it was a controlled demolition. However, if you look at what happened there and you actually watch what happened, you see the top group of floors fall first. Like you can tell that that's being pushed down. You know what I'm saying? It's not being. It's not like the floors underneath it were. Collapsing and bringing on down, which is what you would do in controlled demolition. You don't you don't control a demolition from right. the top down. You do it from the bottom up, or, or nearly simultaneous. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you could see the top part of that movie or movie top part of that building fall first and start hitting the floors underneath it, collapsing right. underneath it. Right. And then one of the arguments they have um, for a conspiracy is that supposedly it should take. Roughly sixteen hundred degrees to melt that the beams, the yeah. steel beams in the in the in the twin towers, and the jet and the fuel and all that supposedly would only reach around eight hundred degrees. So that that's why they were they thought that the introduction of thermite would have yeah. been used to control the demolition because that would also help melt the uh, the steel. But the steel doesn't need to be melted. Right. Right. It needs to be weakened. That, and that's exactly <laughs> right. That is exactly right. I mean, and then there's there's reports, conflicting reports, whether there was um, molten metal found there or not, because there shouldn't be. You know, like if, if like what we're saying, where, where it was weakened, there shouldn't be any molten metal necessarily. I don't know. The, I, I couldn't find the aha, yep, this guy's got it right here. There actually was, or there actually was. I couldn't really find it either way. There were so many conflicting stories on that. Yeah. So one of the things that I found was it says jet fuel burns at 800 degrees to 1,500 degrees, and steel melts at 2,750, but it loses about 50% of its strength at 1,100. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 50% well, of the strength. It's more likely going to come down. If it, if it loses 25% of the strength. Uh-huh. Right. Those are big buildings. Yeah. yeah. They weigh a lot. Yeah. And... And you look at uh, American Airlines Flight 11 crashing to the North Tower, and that was between floors 93 and 99, and they're both 110 stories. So you have a a few floors, you know, about 15 floors above that of weight. But then the South Tower, they crashed into the 78th floor. Now you're talking. You got it, and and that's why the, the South Tower actually went down first. Right, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why that would go down first? You have so much more weight bearing down on those uh, weakened I beams. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious. You guys remember where you were when you when you found out about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was at home. I I actually heard the second plane crash in. I was listening. Keith, you'll know this. I was listening to Bob and Brian, Steve Zabin called it on the radio as a second airplane crashed in the south tower i ironically was when the first one hit i was still sleeping Uh, i was in college at the time and sleeping in late yeah yeah i didn't have a morning class so skipping school oh no well i eventually did i think a lot of people skipped school that day i 
from from the sounds of it, anybody who went to class did nothing but watch the news to see what was yeah, going on. I, anyways, I, I was actually on my way back from dropping my kids off at school when I when I heard it happen. Well, we actually, I, my girlfriend lived with me at the time, and she's now my wife. And her mom called us, and she's like, "Are you guys watching this?" And we're like, mm, "I don't know what you're talking about." She's like, "Go turn on your TV," and we're like, "What station?" She goes, "It doesn't matter." And we're like, "Oh, it must be something big." So we turned the TV on just in time to see the first tower fall. And uh, she got real that day. Well, like, you know, like I said, I was, I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about this. You know, those guys, they'll make a joke over anything. And they were they were saying, who's this idiot who flew a plane into it? Yeah. Like, like, you couldn't see the, the tower there? At that point, it was still just a, a mistake. A mistake. Yep. Somebody, somebody effed up and... And then when you heard the second one happen, I think everybody in the world knew it wasn't a mistake. Like this was, this was something really heavy was happening. Right. I uh, I watched a documentary and I wish I would have wrote the name of it down, but I didn't. But it was about the air traffic controllers that were working the day that that happened. And I. Air traffic control, you think they have like this map that shows where all these planes are, exactly where they are, and they know exactly what's going on, whatever. It's not like that at all. It is very much a guessing game. Like, they can ping an airplane, but an airplane's got to ping it back in order for it to figure out where it is. And they kept uh, trying to ping the first flight, and it wouldn't come back, wouldn't come back, wouldn't come back. And they don't think anything of it, right? Because nobody's going to use a plane for a missile, right? It was, unth- it was unthought of at that time. It was un unbelievable and then first one hits and then they were trying to find the second one couldn't find it couldn't find it couldn't find it then they notified norad yeah and tried to get somebody but it was too late like because i think they what one took off from the second one took off from boston i think so it didn't have to fly very far i think they were all headed to like california area yeah they right? were well, yeah they were they were they were they were chose purposely for, the, fuel? for the, the most amount of fuel, yeah. yep. Right. And then the one that was taken down by the passengers in Pennsylvania, yep. they actually had a fighter fighter plane in the air heading that direction. Uh, so that one wouldn't hit its destination anyways. But what I found amazing while watching this was they had a guy working for one of the airlines... Because it was United and American, right? Yes. I think it was a guy working for American. And when the second plane hit, he, he, he used to be on the floor as an air traffic controller, and he had promoted. And the day before, he had put in his two weeks to retire. And when the second plane hit, the second one was one of theirs, I believe. Nope. First one was American Airlines Flight 11. And second, Se- was, second was United Airlines yeah, Flight this, 175. This guy worked for United, and when when their plane hit the tower, he immediately put out a, put out a response to "We're grounding all of our airplanes. Get your plane on the ground right now." And then American called him and said, "Did you ground your planes?" And he's like, "Yes, we're already doing it." And they're like, "Well, we're going to do that too." All the airplanes were grounded before the government told them to ground all your airplanes. Like that is unbelievable to me that two private companies said listen we're going to get our planes on the ground before the before the u.s government thought to put all the planes on the ground like that doesn't make any sense to me when the first one hit you would think hey we should probably get some planes on the ground 
Second one hits, as the U.S. government, that should have been their first reaction is, hey, let's get these planes on the ground. Well, we got to figure out which ones are ours and which ones are and we no can, longer ours. We, we can talk about that because there's a lot of things that went wrong that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it didn't take... And, and, and honestly, that's why there's so many conspiracy theories. Because who would think that the most powerful nation in the world would have this many breakdowns like it's a perfect storm in order for this to happen it really is like none of those planes should have made it anywhere near what they were looking for they should have been shot down the fact that one hit the pentagon is almost unbelievable yeah it, it literally it should never happen it should never I think happen didn't NORAD didn't find out about that one until like three, or two or three minutes after it crashed into the Pentagon. I, I think. Well, <laughs> that might be. I don't know. But here, here's the problem. You want to talk about a perfect storm for for the terrorists? The U.S. government was running a drill. They ran one the day before. The one the day before was a plane crashing into a building. Right? How do we react to this? So, when the first plane hit, when the announcement came over to the air traffic controllers, they thought it was part of a drill mm-hmm. because they had just did this the day before. So, nobody reacted to it as quickly as, as they should have until they actually saw it on the news. So that, And then they're like... That makes you wonder. Did they know that? I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know how they would know that, but that's really strange. I mean, did they know that this was... The, the possibility of happening. Well, that, that they soon? that they had ran that drill the day before, because I think we would all react like that if we just did a drill on it the day before, and we hear that the, the very next day. Yeah. Yo, who of us is thinking this is for real? Now? Our, our question would be like, yeah, what are the fucking odds that this really yeah. happened? Yeah. You know right. what Why are they doing this crap again? That's yeah. exactly what what yeah. we're all gonna say. I mean, if I'm a terrorist, wouldn't wouldn't you think that that's the perfect time to hit then? Be the day after they yeah. do that, yeah. But I, like I said, I don't know how they would ever know that. But it sure seems strange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a lot of this. Like, do I believe that there's a big conspiracy theory in this? Absolutely not. But that's not to say that there's there's some really strange th- things that we're going to go over here. And and that doesn't mean that things weren't leaked that shouldn't have been leaked either. Uh, right. And yeah. and and there. When we're saying conspiracy, the conspiracy, whatever conspiracy you're, you're talking about, it comes down to that people think the American government either A, are behind the attacks, or B, knew that they were going to happen and let them happen. I don't believe either one of those is true, but, I believe, but I'm not saying that there isn't room in there for some half-truths to be, to be involved there. You're right. People act like these terrorist groups would have no intelligence, like they'd have no inside knowledge of anything that's going on. They knew how we worked. It was obvious. Were there mistakes made? Absolutely. Were there things that were ignored that shouldn't have been? You betcha. But they knew how we worked as well. Did you guys hear about the one one of the pilots that flew, flew one of the planes where he was at a flight school in Florida and he was being taught how to fly airplanes? And he told the instructor, I don't need to know how to land a plane. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, what do you think this dude's gonna do then? I mean, like huge red flag. <laughs> right. I'm sorry if I take a plane in the air, I'm gonna have to know how to put it down unless I don't plan on putting it down. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And like you can't miss that. And no. he did. No, 
people are going to listen to that right now and think, who heard this and didn't say anything? They're, they're, they're basically a fucking idiot. But you also have to understand, try to remember before September 11th, 2001. It was a whole different thing. Like we, we were not nearly as security minded as we are now. Not even close. Our country thought we were invisible. Invincible. Sorry, not invisible. Well, we might have been invisible and invincible because <laughs> you're right. That's that's what we it was. we never thought there would ever be an attack to this magnitude on our soil. No, we had some minor things here and there, yeah. and we just, they were just chalked up to. Halfman. That, that's a shocker. ESPN. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shocker. Halfman's phone's going off. I got to be honest, so I didn't turn mine down either. So thanks, Halfman. <laughs> I don't even have mine in the room today. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I have no idea where I was now. <laughs> Told you we try to lighten this up every yeah. once in a while. Well, yeah. And it wouldn't be a podcast without, without Halfman having a phone go off. That's no, that's true. Oh, we're talking about pre 9 11. Oh yeah, and and the mentality. Yeah, but still, if you were a flight instructor and you're I teaching mean, this guy how yeah, to fly, you, and you, you would that, think that you would say that to like, somebody. You're gonna have a conversation with this guy about that. You'd be like, well, if you're not, if you don't need to know how to land a plane, or you go to your, your boss plan? and what are you say, doing? "What?" But didn't he? I don't know. I don't like. I remember hearing that. I don't remember if he if he reported it or not. I don't know, but. Either way, somebody dropped the ball. Yeah, there. somebody so, dropped the ball. Somewhere yeah. along the line, the ball was dropped. Obviously, but that's also hard to say too because we don't know how the guy said it. We don't. We don't know if he said it in a well, joking manner. He, he could have told him that he was just going to flight school to impress a girl. Right. He wanted to say he was a pilot. I mean, really, it could, it could have been any number of things. We don't know. Um, one thing I want to talk about, and this is one of the conspiracy theorists' big thing was the reaction of the president at the time, George W. Bush. Most of us remember the fact that he was reading a book in a classroom when this all happened, and he was informed. And when he was informed, he didn't do anything. He actually continued reading the book. And people say that's because he knew that this was going to happen. Now, I don't believe for a second that he knew or that he planned or he had anything to do with 9-11. And I think 40 years ago, or 40 years before this happened, his reaction would have been down, went down as being the greatest president of all time because he didn't show weakness and he didn't overreact. But nowadays, when you don't overreact and you don't show weakness, you must be part of it because how could you not react to something like that? Listen, people, he's the president of the United States. His job is to stay calm in emergencies. That's what we elect him to do. That's what he did, and he catches backlash for doing it. I, I just don't understand that one. See, I want I want to go on record here. Okay, it's no secret. Anyone who knows me, not a fan of George W. Bush, not at all. However, the reaction that he had immediately and the days following, I don't know if you could have scripted it any better. And that's the problem. I, you're right. You're <laughs> right. It is. It, it absolutely is. That's that. That's why people think that there's something up. But he earned my respect in those days. Do I still think he was a great president? No. But through this, I think he reacted better than anyone else in this nation could have. I agree. I think for a guy put in a situation he was put into, he did about as good of a job as he could of being president of this country at that time. Do I necessarily agree with everything that he did post 9-11 with 
going to Oh, no. No. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot of people do. that don't. Yeah. You're talking about as far as war, going to war? Yeah. Like, I, I get, you get, if, if you believe that, that it was perpetrated by Bin Laden, that you got to go get Bin Laden, right? I believe that. Because you can't have this guy bankrolling all these terrorists to do this. Whatever. I get that. But you, you don't need to fight two wars on two con- in two countries. And and that's what he did. And he didn't need to do... If you're going to go to Afghanistan to find Bin Laden, go to Afghanistan to find Bin Laden. Right? You don't need to attack Iraq, Iraq to do that. And there's no reason to split your military into two different fronts when you're, when you're, when you're fighting the war on terrorism. You, you can do one at a time. If you need to go to Iraq later, you can go to Iraq later. And don't get me wrong, Saddam Hussein, he's a bad dude. All right, like that dude. I'm sorry, world was better the day we caught him. No, oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But you, you didn't need to do that right away. But but I agree with you. That actually might feed the conspiracy theory. It kind of more does. than more than anything because even people who don't think there was any conspiracy will admit that we overreacted when it went. Like we used this as an excuse to go to Iraq. That's what it was. Right. It was an excuse. Now, like you said, bad guy. Yeah. I mean. You're not going to see any tears falling from my face no. because because he's not here. You're really not. I rarely say people deserve to die, but that dude kind of deserved to die. Like, oh, for what he did to his own yes. people, absolutely, he deserved to die. But, but what, not in that context. Yeah, like where are they? I, I, They're and, still looking. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think we I don't think our government ever thought they had them. No, that, that, no, that, I that was another they, excuse yeah. that was put out there. That yeah. was a small screen for all, for the yeah. American people to be like, yeah, let's go get that guy. Yeah, but I don't think that that was ever out there. But there's probably a ton of stuff about this that we just that we don't know and nobody well, knows, you know, and we'll never know, right? I mean, and and that's honestly any type of conspiracy theory, especially when it relates to the government, you, you know, stuff like this, JFK. There's just stuff that we're never going to know. We would all love to know. But we're never going to know it. JFK will know eventually. Probably not in my lifetime. Yeah, we will. I bet before the three of us retire, we'll know what happened to JFK. You better hurry up because I only got five years left. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we know already. You think, oh. that there's, you think there's a lot more to it? Okay, I don't want to get too far off the 9-11 conspiracies here, but I definitely think that there's more to it than... And we're definitely going to cover this yes. one in a podcast down the road. We, we might we might actually have to schedule that for that topic for our next set of podcasts. Yeah. I think we schedule that one to air on JFK's birthday. Good. Mm. I did watch. I do. I, I do want to get into one documentary that I watched. It was called 9-11 Inside the Pentagon. And what this documentary did is it took you oh, Pentagon. Yeah, I'm it, ready for this one. It, 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 it was so am I because the stories that these people tell it, it follows a few different individuals that were there. Like these are people that were in the building when the plane struck it. Scoots? Was she there? She worked there, but I, not, I know at, not at that time. A couple of people that followed uh, were a gentleman by the name of Stephen Carter. This is one of them. He was actually the assistant building manager of the Pentagon. And one thing we don't think about, and you wouldn't know unless you watch something like this or read up on something like this or were there. So this plane hits the Pentagon. Obviously, there's fire. But the way the building is set up to fight its fires is using a water supply from the building. But here's the problem. When a plane hits your building, it blows up a lot of pipes. So they have a lot of water just pouring through empty pipes for no wait, reason. Wait, 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 wait. 
Yes, I know what you're going to ask. Yes, you use the water supply. They're going to use three quarter inch pipe to fight a fire hold, hold in the building. Hold on, I think we're assuming that it's got three quarter inch pipe. On. I think what they're, I think what That's they're talking, what I'm saying. But I think what they're talking about is like the the lines, like the fire hydrants in the area, come from the building. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that would make. Because when I a little more as sense. I go through this story, you'll you'll understand why I don't believe it was still the seems like a bad plan. I, but I don't think they're using garden hoses to try to put out this fire if that's what you're getting at. But anyways, because if they are, I'm crying conspiracy then. <laughs> anyways, so here's what happened. This dude is told that they need to get more water to the fire trucks. So he finds a bunch of civilian plumbers and pipe fitters to go into the basement of the Pentagon. While it's burning and on fire and falling apart, to shut off certain waters, certain water valves, so they can get more water running to where they need the water to be running to. Okay? So, when they're done with this, they have to get out of the building. Well, the fastest way out of the building was to the center courtyard. Now, get this. He got there as, long, as well as there were a bunch of people out there. In this movie, he was one of them, and they had the. the now he's a chief of the fire department. I don't know what he was then. I don't think he was a chief then. He may have earned he may have earned his promotion there. Water boy. <laughs> Anyways, these two gentlemen are both sitting in the middle of this middle of this room and they hear a plane flying. And the rumor was there that there was another plane headed towards the Pentagon. So he goes, You start looking around when you hear this plane, you start looking around and everybody in the Pentagon, everybody in the center courtyard went off by themselves and basically started praying. Because they all thought they were going to die. Now, turns out that the plane they heard was actually a fighter jet. Because that's what I was going to say. They also the, the U.S. Air Force also heard that there was another plane that was supposed to be heading towards the Pentagon, and was well. And, and didn't they once the Pentagon got hit? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they scramble jets to go protect the White House? Then yes, because that's where the, that's where they think the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. Yeah, was Flight ninety three was supposed to be going yeah. to the White House. They think. Yeah. So, and that's the plane that they thought was coming to, towards the Pentagon. So, these people go from thinking they're dead to being like the most joyful you can possibly be in the situation that they're in. But this guy also tells a story about him walking through a hallway. Now, what I didn't realize until I went to D.C. a couple of years ago is how tall the Pentagon is. Yeah, it doesn't look tall at all. No, it looks like an eight-foot building. Yeah, yeah, but it's like 13 stories or something like that. Like, it's a tall building. And this this Stephen Carter, this assistant building manager, is walking through a hallway, and we all know that they just put bulletproof windows in, in that section of the Pentagon. So as he's walking, he looks up on like the next floor up, and he can see people pounding at a window in a smoke-filled room, but they can't get the window to break. Now, ironically, also in this documentary, they talked to a lady... Her name is Colonel Marilyn Willis. She was in a meeting room when the plane struck the building, and smoke just filled the room immediately. Everything was on fire. She took over right away. She started calling people, calling out to people so they could come find her, grab her leg, and she knew that there was a window in this room, and she knew where it was. So she just wanted to get these people to the window so they could jump out the window. She got to the window. She could, they couldn't break the glass. They had a guy throw a printer at a window twice, and the printer just bounced back, and they ended up, actually one person actually ended up catching it. Eventually, 
they were able to push the sides, like the window frames. They were eventually able to get those, get that to break. And they were able to escape out this window to get out of the room. Now, Stephen Carter, the, the first guy I was talking to, tried to get to that room. He tried climbing a set of metal stairs. The stairs were so hot, it actually scalded at the bottom of his feet through his boots. He never made it to that room. To the day that they shot this documentary, he thought everybody in that room died. The people in that room was Colonel Marilyn Willis, who got out. At the end of the documentary, they actually show these two meet for the first time. And it's crazy because I'm sure the, I'm sure the people who made this documentary had no idea about what happened until after they made this documentary and then pieced together, hey, this is what happened. These are the people that you thought died. But they actually all made it out, and they're all okay. Every one of them. Every one of them. They were able to climb out the window and jump down to get out of there. That's crazy. And you could tell, when this guy's telling his story, you can tell that he thinks the people that he saw were dead, and you can see the guilt in his face when he's telling the story about how he couldn't get out there and save these people. (laughs) Hmm. Wow. And they talk talk to the, the guy who's now the fire chief, and... He said one of the biggest problems they had in 9-11 at the Pentagon was all these people are responders. They're used to running into the problems, not away from them. And he said, what we had to try to do, one of our biggest jobs was keeping people out. We don't want more people going into the buildings. We need people to get out of the buildings. And they talked to another guy. Hold on, I want to get his name right. Captain William J. Toddy. And he said... He was on the other side of the building. Obviously, he knew the building was on fire. He actually ran outside the building and ran to the other side to try to start helping people. And he said he was actually one of the people that was stopped by the fire department and said, no, you don't get to go in there. And he's like, but this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I run to the fires. I don't run away from the fires. And when you think about, like, how our military is trained to the fact that these people are literally willing to run into a burning building with nothing. Like, they're basically wearing suits there. You know what I mean? And the fire department's like, no, we got to keep you guys out. And, like, that's crazy to me. I've never been in the military. I don't think any of us have been in the military, have we? Like, it's crazy to me to think that you can be trained to just run straight into a fire and not even think twice about it and not have their proper gear. Like, a firefighter, God bless their souls, man, because that's an impossible job. But at least they're equipped for it to just be a colonel in the military and say, I got to run into that building. When you know it's not structurally safe and you know it's on fire. I agree with you that it's crazy, but I disagree on one aspect. I can see how people are trained that way. No, I can too. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's crazy that they do that. We're all trained to respond. Yes. And, and, and you, I, don't, you don't think about it. When it happens, you just do it. You're, you're absolutely right. And I know that that's what it is. But it's, I guess what I should say, it's crazy to me to think that people... People are still willing to do this even in a situation like that. That you can have the the mental thought to do it. And, and you're right. You don't even think about it. And, and, and that's that's why you can do it. Because yeah. if you did think about it, You'd know if any of us thought about it, when something like this happens, like, even not to this extreme, but if something that you're going to respond to happens and you actually stop and think about it, well, you, you might as well forget about yeah. it because you're not going to do it. Right. Now, okay, since we're talking about the Pentagon, we should talk about the, some of the conspiracy claims about the Pentagon. Yeah, like a plane didn't actually hit the building. Like it was a missile? Right. 
Now, I'm sure we've all seen the pictures. We've all, all seen video. Does it look like a plane hit there? I mean, honestly. And, and honestly, what video have you seen? Because I haven't seen any video of anything hitting the Pentagon. Well, oh, I, I mean, I'm talking, well, about, I'm talking about afterwards. They have one, I, I should one say video. That. Yeah, from the parking structure. Yeah. And that doesn't actually show you what hits the Pentagon. No, it shows, it shows from the stop, side. You it's can a stop see motion. something coming in, but, but it's so tell fast it is, you yeah. can't. And they said the plane was flying like 500 and some miles per okay. hour. Okay. No, I, I have some numbers here. Supposedly, there's 86 cameras that cover the Pentagon. And that's the only view that caught the impact. There were two cameras that caught it, but it's basically the same view. And he said the plane is not visible because it passed between frames of video. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's it's what are the odds of that? <laughs> now, the reason people think it's a missile is because of the uh the small hole that was left. The hole was roughly sixteen feet wide. The plane they say that hit with the wingspan 125 feet wide. Now, like I said, I don't believe in the conspiracy theory thing, but this does nothing but add fuel to the fire. If there was one conspiracy theory that of the whole 9-11 thing, this would be the one that, I, that you could most likely get me to believe. This one is the hardest one to debunk. But if the wings, if it hit, if it hit the ground a little bit before it hit the Pentagon, the wings could have snapped off. Where are they, though? Because well, Because... According to people who were there, there was very little pieces of plane outside of the Pentagon. However, I will tell you that that, that documentary that I watched and that Captain Toddy, he does say that he saw uh, debris from a plane on his way over there. And that there actually is video footage. There's actually video footage of him running to the where the plane hit. And in that video footage, you actually do see part of the skin of the plane sitting in the front yard of the of the Pentagon. So the well there's no debris isn't true. And there is video video evidence of it. So why wouldn't that be released? It is. It's in this documentary. You can see it. That's crazy. Because So there like we all said that we only you saw, saw a video? Yeah, you the documentary, nine eleven inside the Pentagon. Yeah. You actually see a video of this captain running across the yard and there's a pretty substantial sized piece of an airplane sitting right there. Huh. I'm telling you people, Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'm curious now. But and it, but I will I, say, there's like you don't see any plane, like you don't see the wings of the plane anywhere. Like I will say that that's one of those things where it's hard to comprehend. It it really is. And they say that basically the plane liquefied yeah. when it hit the building. And that's why you don't see any of that. I, I I believe that a plane can liquefy, but why would the wings liquefy before they hit the? But there should be some sort of damage from those wings. Well, what they say happened though is that basically when the plane hit, the wings actually basically collapsed into basically scissors the plane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But even then, there should be whatever made it collapse in. It should have caused damage 125 feet out. No, because th- that's from wingtip to wingtip. Yeah. You're saying that they collapsed in... Yeah, they collapsed behind this them. Like, right, but they they don't just collapse without actually hitting something first. They, they don't just collapse because... Yeah, but they're not going to... The tips of the planes are never going to hit the... Uh, it should be wider than 16 feet. That I believe. The other thing, too, like... Because the level that this plane was flying, 
for for an amateur pilot to be flying a large jet like that and hit it because it, it hit low, like right, yeah, two or three like, stories, like it, it was, yeah, it was damn near ground level, yeah, like like how he didn't crash I, into the ground first, I have no idea. They were talking about um, one of the, and like I said, I watched several of these things, so I don't know which one it was, but one of them was talking about it had a flight instructor talking about how he didn't think he could fly a plane <laughs> and do what, what this guy did. So there's a picture of the damage. It almost looks to me that it's more than 16 feet. Well, they're, they're Maybe talking not about, so much here. Yeah, that's what they're talking but about But up there. here, I mean, it's a pretty big area. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like I said, that's that, that's what they reported it to be. I have no idea or no way to say that that is true or not true. I'm just, I can just report what, what, what I saw. Like I said, if somebody were trying to convince me that 9-11 was a conspiracy and they showed me just the Pentagon part of this, man, I'd have to do some double thinking because this is... The Pentagon part is crazy. Yeah, it's it makes you think, if nothing else. Yeah. Now, can I maybe come up with ways to, to say, well, maybe this happened, maybe this happened? Yeah, you can. But again, it seems like a lot of coincidence. Didn't they say that they found, they found the passports of four of the terrorists? One of them was at Ground Zero, and they said that there was no damage to it. I've heard which that. Is I've heard that as well. A little hard to believe, but I guess, I don't know, by chance, maybe it... Uh, but, okay, what's a passport? Paper. It's essentially paper. Paper gets caught in the wind. It can fly anywhere. And yeah, but they said they found it at ground zero, which means it didn't fly anywhere. <laughs> well, it flew up in the air, yeah. maybe. Who knows? I. It, to me, I get what you're saying, but to me, that's the least amount of evidence of the stuff that I hear. Because in my mind, I can say, see how that could happen. That is, that's just one of the conspiracies. Yeah. I think and, that it was yeah, possibly planted. And, and, and that one's brought up quite often. Yeah. But I will say this. I said that I, I mentioned that I'd seen the movie Loose Change twice, about six years apart. And in the second one, they completely get rid of the Pentagon conspiracies. I say that this is the one thing that you probably, if you tried real hard and I didn't know enough about 9-11, you could probably convince me it's a conspiracy. But now a documentary, if you want to call it that, that is trying to convince people that it was a conspiracy, completely wipes that part out of their documentary. I don't know what to think about that now because like that's that was some of the strongest evidence they had in the first now one. you think there's a conspiracy about the conspiracy. There's a conspiracy about the conspiracy, yeah, that's right. I, I think I'm on board with this. Yeah. Here's my other problem with, with the conspiracy theory on, on 9-11, and this goes back to those of you that listened to our Moon Hoax episode. The amount of people you would have to keep quiet for a 9-11 conspiracy to be a conspiracy yeah, like is how, almost unbelievable. Like how many people work at the Pentagon alone? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have. They all wouldn't have to be in on it, right? Because obviously something hit the Pentagon. You know what I'm saying? Like, But you don't know who might have seen something. That's true. Let's, let's pretend that it was definitely a plane. Like right. I like I could be out smoking a cigarette outside and oh, wait, why is that missile hitting the Pentagon? Yeah, you know, I mean, you don't know. You you would have to get everybody on board. I think, kind of, the people inside the building you wouldn't have to really, but even at the top level of the government, come on, man, these politicians can't keep quiet about anything. And you expect me to believe that they're going to keep quiet about this? 
Okay, so Butch was a Republican, right? Yep. Okay. So you're telling me that the Democrats nowadays that know that that's a conspiracy and that he was well, on it wouldn't have come out and said, "Hey, look what your Republican Party did." And and, and right. that's that's actually my big one of my biggest arguments against there being a conspiracy. The way politics are, and really they're not much different now than they were back in 2001. They're quite um, a bit different, but well, but I mean, as 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 far as party lines go, I don't think it's there's there's a big difference there. Um, that somebody. On the Democratic side, when it jumped up and said exactly what you just said, and said, "Hey, this is BS." Yeah, they're they're trying to screw all of you guys. Yeah, like in order to get themselves elected. Hell yeah, yeah somebody would have done it. Absolutely. So, somebody's that, going straight to the presidency if they yeah. do that. I mean, or people are going to think that they're nuts. No, because it wouldn't that be could just go one. The other way. It wouldn't be just one. It would be the whole Democratic Party. Yeah, they would get they would get the backing. Yeah. I, I I guarantee you because it would be to their advantage, and they would have proof. Like that's if this is an actual conspiracy, it's not going to be something that wasn't ever written down or ever done anything with. Like if this was a conspiracy, there's proof out there that shows that this that the U.S. government planned this or was part of it or whatever you want to say or knew about it. Right now, now do I think that they might have had some knowledge of this? Absolutely. Like the, I, when I say knowledge. Meaning that this group had the capability of doing this, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I mean, it's 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 fairly well documented that there was a lot of signs leading up to this that should have been caught and should have been looked into harder, and shoulda, woulda, coulda. But here's the problem with our government too. Like, our government's huge, right? And they have a bunch of departments that all find information, but they don't have a central department that absorbs all of this information and puts it all together. Right. right? They don't share the information no. like they should. The FBI, like the CIA, the DOD, none of those guys share what they have. I just want to say that seems like a great idea, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> Come on. I don't know. It's Come like, on. It's like building an all-star basketball team and then just letting one guy shoot or, or, or having five basketballs out there and you guys all do your own thing and see what happens. Like, I don't understand why you, why you can't have – if you're going to have all these departments, then you need to have a department that brings all these departments together, right? And I understand that I just said that our government's too big, but then I also said we should make it bigger. But that's kind of what you have to do. Or or you have to cut down the number of departments that are getting information, one or the other. But you can't right. have you can't have – Seven different departments getting information, and not sharing it with the other six. Right. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think we all know that that's that that is the problem. I think I also think it's also going to continue to be the problem. Yeah. It, I mean, forever because our government's too stubborn to change. And, right. Yeah. Because this has worked for the last. But it hasn't. That's the problem. And, <laughs> well, it has for the most part, except for that. That, that one time. No, but it isn't that one time. That's the problem. Like you hear this all the time where one one department will get a tip on something, but they don't share it with the other department. The other department had the other half of that tip. Or if they just would have shared their information, they would have had the whole puzzle. But no, they just keep separating the puzzle and Yeah. It'd be like each of us have a puzzle piece or a third of the puzzle and then we put together our third of the puzzle, but we never asked the other two people for their third of the puzzle, so we never get to finish the puzzle. And attach that puzzle is a bomb that's going to blow up eventually. I just got lost in you saying puzzle about 45 <laughs> times. I like puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if either of you um, came across this, but I know we're getting towards the end here. I want to make sure to bring this up. There was... Back, I don't know what year this started, but I know it was actually, it, it, it came to a head in 2010. Um, there's an Army specialist, April Gallup was her name, 
who actually filed suit claiming that, that Vice President Dick Cheney and Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld and some other Bush administration officials orchestrated the 9-11 attacks and that the Pentagon was hit by an attack ordered by Cheney. Now, the, the suit was dismissed in 2010 by uh, Judge Denny Chin, who said the claim was a product of cynical delusion and fantasy. Now, I just want to throw that out there, take it however you want, but that actually happened. Yeah, but people in this country will sue over anything. This is true, and and you can't say that a member of the military is above anyone else no. when it comes to that. Come on, we, we had somebody sue McDonald's because their coffee was too hot. Like, Yeah, and they won millions, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. Really? You know the shit's hot. Yeah. Come on, people. So... So if I dump if I if I if I dump my iced coffee on top, that's what I was just say. So what did McDonald's do? They just started making iced coffee, and apparently it's some of the best iced coffee in the world too. I don't I don't drink coffee at all, but <laughs> <laughs> but if it's addictive, if it's a, as addictive as their food, I can understand that. One thing I want to get into is as well, and this is one thing that, in my opinion, would just destroy any. Well, it should destroy any thought of there being a a uh, conspiracy, and that is. What 9-11 cost to this country? And I'm not and I'm talking about actual physical money. How much money 9-11 cost this country? The US government, I'm gonna start with them. And this doesn't include wars or anything. This just includes the day of 9-11. Pay ten point five billion dollars because of 9-11. Between government aid to airlines to cover losses, um, repair to the Pentagon, and the amount of money that the Department of Homeland Security earmarked for the NYPD to buy high-speed bulletproof boat designed to respond to suicide or live shooter attacks in the city. I don't know how that falls under 9-11, but that is actually part of the 9-11 thing. Privately, $81 billion. And this is where I really get into how can this be conspiracy? Because if the government's going to do something, they're not going to cost the general public $81 billion. All right? Unless um, they think they'll pay it. Well... Part of this, though, is the $19.6 billion that the U.S. airline revenue dropped between 2001 and 2002. The, basically, these major airline companies lost almost $20 billion in a year because of 9-11. People were afraid to fly. I mean, you had three bu- three planes pl- crash into a building and a fourth one that was supposed to. I was going to say, do you, do you have a number for uh, lost uh, monies from New York City? Yes, I, I'm getting to that as well. It also $21.8 billion to replace the buildings and the infrastructure in New York and $40 billion to ensure the losses related to the 9-11 attacks. That includes property, business interruption, aviation, worker compensation, life and liability insurance. Now, we all know about the amount of NYPD and NYFD that were in the buildings when they crashed. I mean, those families got paid. Nothing, no dollar amount's ever going to make up for what they lost, but they were given a, a, a financial payout. And then we get to the city of New York, which this is just one city, people. Now, think about it. I realize New York's like the, one of the biggest cities in the world, right? They lost $692 million on 9-11. $192 million to, was the cost to run the NYPD's counterterrorism and intelligence activities for one year. $192 million for one year to run, to run counterterrorism activities. And another $500 million that the city of New York paid in overtime to clean up ground zero. Oh, I mean, but but I'm actually talking about what did they lose 
in in the amount of money they make from people just coming to visit New York City. Yeah, that, I that mean, I don't have. I don't know if you can put a number on that. But, but one of the other things that these totals don't include is just the loss of mo- loss of money to the U.S. economy. Like people weren't spending money after nine eleven. People were afraid to go anywhere after nine eleven. You didn't want to be in a big city after nine eleven. Well, they were spending it on gas. Yeah, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I honestly that day. Do you remember that day, the the gas yep. craze? I mean, people were lining up, gas stations were out of gas, they were jacking the price up on gas. I mean, it was crazy. And that that didn't stop just in that day. I mean, it, it kind of leveled off a little bit, but we were paying a lot of money on gas, too. So, we're talking a total of almost, what would that be, uh, 91, almost wait, a, wait, wait, I'll do this in my head. <laughs> no, I won't. Almost 100 billion dollars actual money was lost the day, day of 9-11 now you can say what you want about this government but we all know the one thing politicians are is money hungry i don't care where they are what level of the government they're on what level of politics they're in i don't care if they're running for a mayor of a small town or if they're running for president of the united states they all need money to do so and you're not going to cost your country that much money if you want to be a politician you just can't do it not to mention the lives of the people that were involved as well like in and okay we can all say what we want i mean i think all of us have our beef with the government from time to time i just broke a chair (laughs) well that'll lighten it up a little bit what i owe you a chair yeah no you don't anyhow I'm not going to lie, though. It's more um, comfortable now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you're the second person to break one of those chairs. Yeah? Yeah. I feel a little... Stitchy did it for, as well. I feel a little yeah. ashamed. No. <laughs> second person. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. I know. But anyhow... Also, not my first chair I've ever broken. <laughs> and oddly enough, not the first chair Stitchy ever broke either, because I saw him break a, break a camp chair once. Stitchy's not a big guy. I, I, I know, but... Wow! I'll show you a picture of a broke of him in a broken chair. He's not a real you, little guy. Either. You'll laugh. He's not little, but but he's no. not he's not huge either. Yeah. Anyhow, by the way, Stitchy, how's it going? Um, <laughs> he actually listens. I think. He, yeah, I does think it? he does too. Uh, I know his wife does. Yeah, she definitely does. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> um, again, just forget where I was going with this. <laughs> wow! Sorry about that. That <laughs> yeah. was my fault. Yeah. Well. Anywho, I guess I got nothing else because I can't remember what I was saying. I can't either. It was it was probably really important. I'm sure it was. Probably groundbreaking. Probably got an Emmy for it. Probably. We're probably not going to get our big break because I just broke this chair and you forgot where you were going. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. The story I'm a story I'm telling. All right. Well, All right. Aaron, you want to wrap this up for us? <laughs> I'm going to let you do that. No, you got this. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Aaron doesn't like to wrap up the show, even though we're supposed to take turns doing this. He always seems to skip his turn. Oh, Keith's better at it. No, I am not. And Dom. (laughs) All right. Um, It is because Aaron's usually back checking his physique out in the Mm. mirror. Yeah. Yeah. No mirrors, but not I, true. There is there is some uh, there's some a, glass doors over there. Glass yeah. door right there. Yeah, yeah there you go. And, and, and I noticed how when you sat down, you picked the table that was facing that glass door. You're an idiot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Guys are assholes. First thing I want to do is uh thank the pull tops for their music. Uh, they let us use their music for our opening and closing. For those of you that don't listen to our like the closing song. Check it out because it's actually a pretty good song. 
Uh, you can check them out at www.thepulltops.com. I also want to give a shout out to Craig Peterson. He is a friend of the show. Uh, and if you're looking to buy a car, go down and see Craig at Summit Automotive in Fond du Lac. And while you're down there, if you mention that you listen to the podcast, you don't even say that you like it. You can just say that you listen to it. He'll give you a $50 gas card. Oh, you like it. You know you like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're going to probably buy a car anyway. So if you're if you're talking to a car dealer anyways, I would think you're buying a car. So just go ahead and say, hey, I listened to the, a little less conversation podcast. And They're talking to Craig. They're for sure buying a car. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to hit us up, you can uh, go ahead and email us at a little less conversation podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at a little less conversation podcast, or you can tweet at us at a little less con one. You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, if you're listening to us, you might as well give us a rating. We prefer, we prefer good, good ratings, but any rating right now will do. <laughs> um, leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can do that on Facebook as well or on Twitter. We'll make sure we get to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I just want to. I just want to emphasize the Facebook thing. You guys, give us your ideas. Give us your feedback. Just say hi. We we're, we're very active on Facebook. We'll we'll get back with you. Yeah, and we have plenty of people that say things to us that know us in person, but we want people to start a start, conversation. Yeah, start a conversation on Facebook or Twitter. What you also find out is if you start talking to us on Facebook, you'll get a lot of other people that'll chime in on the conversation. It won't just be us that are talking. And we will respond. We always respond. Um, but yeah, listen. I won't, listen. Gu- I won't guarantee you like it, but we always respond. <laughs> we've we've often said that we're dicks, so I get called that regularly. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Um, so yeah, definitely hit us up. Uh, listen to us next time, and until then, take care. to me.